listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. My co-host today is Cindy Johnson, award-winning operations manager of Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses. Hi, Cindy. Hi there. Well, technically, my award was for volunteerism. Well, that's close enough. I'll take it. Thank you. You did did win an award in any case. So uh, we're recording this a bit earlier, but this episode is scheduled to be released on July 6th. I hope everyone has had a good 4th of July weekend. I was looking to see what's happened on July 6th in history. On July 6th, 1942, Anne Frank and her family went into hiding above her father's office in Amsterdam. On this date in 1957, John Lennon and Paul McCartney met for the first time. Also, the late talk show host and media mogul Merv Griffin was born on July 6th, 1925. I believe you have a quote from Merv Griffin, Cindy. I do. He once said, quote, It's always been my philosophy. Turn the page. If something falls through, turn the page. It's over with. Get used to it. Get on with it. Very simple. It's always worked for me, unquote. That sounds like a good philosophy in any area of life. We often have disappointments in the lighthouse preservation world, but you just need to keep moving forward. So, uh, we're back in New England for this episode of Lighthearted, this time down in Rhode Island. Our featured interview will be with Dennis Tardiff of the Friends of Palmham Rocks Lighthouse, which, like Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses, is a chapter of the American Lighthouse Foundation. Dennis is the chairperson of the chapter, but he also has a long association with the lighthouse. Palmham Rocks Lighthouse is a very cool lighthouse. In fact, it's my wife Charlotte's favorite. Have you seen it, Cindy? Uh, no, only in pictures. Yeah, there's something really special about it. I photographed it from a helicopter a few years ago. Uh, I kind of think from the air it looks like a dollhouse or something that looks like a like it's from a miniature train set, something like Ooh. that. It's got a very attractive uh, kind of a delicate quality about it. And by the way, there's some debate over whether it's pronounced Palmham or Palmham. Uh, I'm going with Palmham, which seems to be a more traditional pronunciation. And you'll hear some discussion about that uh, in my interview with Dennis Tardiff uh, in today's episode. Before we get into some detail about the lighthouse, let's go over a few facts about Rhode Island. Sure, Jeremy. Rhode Island is the smallest state in the nation at just over 1,200 square miles, but it's the second most densely populated state after New Jersey. The largest city is Providence, with about a million people. There's some question about how Rhode Island got its name, but the usual explanation is that it originated with the Dutch explorer Adrian Bloch, who called it Rhode Island for its red clay. Narragansett Bay, mostly in Rhode Island, the small part in Massachusetts, covers about 147 square miles. The area had long been occupied by the Narragansett and Wampanoag tribes by the time Europeans arrived in the 16th and 17th centuries. There are 21 lighthouses in Rhode Island. Several others have been destroyed over the years, either deliberately because of changes in shipping channels or because of storm damage. Most of the state's lighthouses have been on Narragansett Bay or the Providence River. Cindy, please help tell our listeners about Palmham Rocks Lighthouse. Of course. Palmham Rocks is a tiny island in the Providence River, 
about 800 feet from the east shore of the Riverside section of East Providence. It's named for a Narragansett Indian sachem who was killed in King Philip's War in 1676. With increased shipping traffic heading toward Providence in the 1800s, Palmham Rocks was an obvious place to establish a navigational aid. Congress granted an appropriation of $20,000 in 1870 for three lights on the river at Palmham Rocks, Sassafras Point, and Fuller Rock. A wooden dwelling with a mansard roof was built on a granite foundation with a hexagonal lighthouse tower on the front center of the building. It was first lighted on December 1, 1871. Under the old lighthouse service, civilian keepers lived with their families in the dwelling. During its last years as an active aid to navigation, the lighthouse was staffed by two Coast Guard keepers who alternated three days on the island and three days off. The lighthouse was discontinued in 1974 and was replaced by an automatic light on a skeleton tower. In 1980, the General Services Administration sold the property to the Mobile Oil Company, now ExxonMobil, which has a large refinery and terminal near the lighthouse. ExxonMobil eventually leased the historic structure at no cost to the American Lighthouse Foundation. A new chapter of the foundation, the Friends of Palmham Rocks Lighthouse, was announced. A restoration of the exterior of the building was completed in early 2006, and the navigational light was returned to the lighthouse. Then, in the spring of 2010, ExxonMobil donated the lighthouse to the American Lighthouse Foundation. Recent work has included the construction of new docking facilities, restoration of the oil house, installation of new fencing, restoration of the lighthouse windows, and restoration of the interior. Dennis Tardiff arrived at Palmham Rocks in April 1971 as a 19-year-old Coast Guard fireman. He went on to spend 25 years in the Coast Guard. His stay at Palmham Rocks was especially important because he met his future wife, Shirley, in the local community. He left Palmham at the age of 22 as a third-class petty officer. As one of the last Coast Guard keepers at the station, Dennis lowered the flag on June 5, 1974, when the light was decommissioned. More than four decades after he left Palmham Rocks, Dennis became reacquainted with the lighthouse when he became involved with the restoration project in 2016. Since then, he has made well over a hundred trips to the island, hauling people, parts, and materials. He and Joe Estrella also made a 310-mile round trip to Connecticut to pick up a 1946 refrigerator for the restored interior at Palmham Rocks. Dennis was recognized for his efforts with a 2018 Volunteerism Award from the American Lighthouse Foundation. Dennis is now the chairperson of the Friends of Palm M. Rocks Lighthouse. I spoke with him in May. Let's listen to that conversation now. I am on the phone with Dennis Tardiff, and uh, we're actually speaking on May, let's see, what is today? May 15th, although people are going to be hearing this a little bit later. So we are in the era of uh, social distancing and all that. So how are things down in uh, Rhode Island, uh, Dennis? How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Jeremy. Um, we're still, in a, of course, in the pandemic, and we're starting a phase-in period, a very slow-paced phase-in period here in Rhode Island whereas uh, people can get to the restaurants again a little bit and that kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's good. I hope uh, things continue to progress, and hope- hopefully we're not too far from things being more or less back to normal, but it's uh, you know it's going to take a while. We know that. Anyway, it's great to talk to you. And uh, Dennis, I-, I was thinking it might be a good idea to kind of start at the beginning. I guess that's a-, a fairly logical place to start. 
I don't know where you're from originally, so maybe that's a good place to start. And what led you to join the Coast Guard? Well, I was born and raised in Bath, Maine, actually, uh, oh. and um, I was always around the water. Uh, my mother's side of the family is full of seafarers, uh, captains of ships and things like that. And I think I kind of had that in the blood. And what actually led me to the Coast Guard rather than the Navy is uh, the day before I called the recruiter, I saw a television advertisement to join the Coast Guard. And that kind of led me to the Coast Guard, of all things. I didn't know you are from Bath, Maine. You might be related to my uh, stepfather's family who were from that area, and they were sea captains and shipbuilders up in the Bath area. So maybe there's some relationship sure. there. So you were 21 when you first went to Palmham Rocks, kind of in your, your first uh, lifetime there. And how long had you been in the Coast Guard at that point when you, you uh, went to Palmham Rocks? I was actually just 19 when I got to Palmham Rocks. Oh, I'm sorry. Area. Right, right. I, that's right. You were only 19. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. just turned 19. I had been in the Coast Guard long enough to go to boot camp for nine weeks and to engineman school for another 12 or 14 weeks. I think that's what it was right now. And Potter Marks was my, actually my very first Coast Guard duty station. And uh, what led to that? Was was that something you requested? Would, were you interested in going to Palmham Rocks, or was it just simply an assignment? Well, it was, I must say it was simply an assignment. I had never heard of Palmham Rocks, being from Maine, and of course, all the way down to Rhode Island, I, would, I wouldn't have heard of it. But uh, uh, the way it worked is after engineman school, I had a choice of what district to go to. And of course, being from Maine, I wanted to return to the first district, which was all the New England states. And uh, once I got to base Boston, which is headquarters of District 1, uh, they sent me on to Woods Hole. And I was told at Woods Hole I was going to report the next day to a, a lighthouse in Chatham, Massachusetts. So I went to bed that night thinking I was going to go to Chatham, and the next morning they said, uh, no, we changed your mind. You're going to go to Palm Ham Rocks Lighthouse in Rhode Island. I said, okay, I'll go. <laughs> so that's how that went. You just said something interesting, and that reminds me, I meant to ask you this. You mm-hmm. kind of pronounced it Palm Ham just now, and, you know, years ago I remember hearing that the traditional pronunciation in the uh, East Providence uh, area is Palmham. But I've also heard many people in the area there say Palmham. So I've heard it both ways. So tell me once and for all, what is the correct pronunciation? I would have to go with what I'm saying, Palmham, because Palmham sounds like there's two M's in the word, and actually there's only one M. Okay. All right, then from now on, I'm going to say Palm Ham. There you go. <laughs> you know, I've, again, I've heard it. I've heard it many times both ways. And uh, since we're on the subject, what is the origin of the name? Uh, it was actually originally spelled P U M H A M. It was after a uh, Indian sachem uh, from Narragansett, I believe. He was killed in a war in 1600 and change. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. where the the rock got its name. And, of course, the lighthouse was built on that rock and acquired the name also. Back to your Coast Guard career, uh, while you were at Palmham Rocks, unlike a lot of Coast Guard keepers, you took a lot of photos there. And Mm. uh, a number of your photos are on the Friends of Palmham Rocks uh, Lighthouse website. Was photography a hobby of yours, or was that something you just kind of took up while you were there? I had actually had an interest in photography uh, back in 1965, I think it was. My parents gave me a little simple camera, and when I could afford it, I'd buy the film and have it developed of uh, 
family affairs and things like that. And when I went to Palm Him, I took that same camera with me and just continued uh, with what I could afford because <laughs> the pay wasn't that great back then in the Coast Guard. But, uh, yeah, I enjoy taking it. I'm, I'm so glad I took those pictures now uh, to share them with everybody. Mm-hmm. Was that a brownie camera you had by any chance? Uh, a little. It's actually a 1965. It says World's Fair on the camera. It wasn't <laughs> a brownie. It was something else. So Okay. I don't know where it is now. It's long gone, I'm sure. Yeah. I had a little brownie camera when I was a kid and had those uh, flash bulbs. After you yes. took one picture with the flash bulb, you popped it out and you put another one in. Yeah. Supposed to, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me about the experience of being a keeper at Palm M Rocks. While you were there, uh, how many uh, Coast Guardsmen were assigned to the station? Well, when I got to Palm M Rocks Lighthouse, and, and for years before that, since the Coast Guard had taken over, um, there were three men stationed there, two at a time. One, It was called uh, compensatory leave, where one person of the three would go ashore for a week, and he'd come back and rotate out another man. And that went on for the first couple of years I was there. And um, what was going to happen, they, the Coast Guard knew they were automating Ponham Rocks, you know, fairly soon, in 1974, as it turns out. So they just, when one of the men transferred out because he was due to get out of the Coast Guard, um, they just left two of us there. And we were alternating about three on, three off, that kind of thing. So we spent our time out there by ourselves, which was kind of lonely, but we had a couple of dogs at least. And what were your typical daily duties at that time? Not a heck of a lot, I must say. Um, of course, we were responsible for turning the main light on at night and, uh, and off in the morning or in foggy conditions it would be on. We controlled the uh, fog bell in front of the Ponham Rocks Lighthouse. Uh, that was also an electric device at the time. And we controlled the fog horn down at Sapin Point Light, about uh, about a mile down the river. Mm. And uh, of course, we had uh, an outboard motor to take care of. We had a one-cylinder uh, Fairbanks Morse uh, emergency generator to maintain, and what I used to call light housekeeping. We used to do. <laughs> do you remember anything particular about any of the other guys, uh, the personalities, other other Coast Guardsmen that were out there with you? Uh, nothing stands out, but it, I remember now that it, it seems like, except for myself, and I was I was there a total of three years and three months. Um, most of the men coming through were nearing the end of their Coast Guard career, and the and the, the Coast Guard would stick them out there for the finish off their time. So uh, there were quite a few men transferring in and out. While I just stay consistent and stayed there. We had people from Chicago. We had uh, one from Warwick, Rhode Island, which he'd go to school at night. And, um, you know, nothing really outstanding as far as personalities. What about uh, interesting events while you were there? Uh, For instance, do you remember any especially bad storms during your stay there? Fortunately, we never had a bad storm while I was there. And um, people would often ask me, were you cold out there? no, we were never cold. We had a nice furnace, so we had uh, heating oil and uh, electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one little thing stands out, um, and it's really kind of strange. It's um, one night I was by myself, and I heard a little noise. I was upstairs in the bedroom, and I went downstairs in time, and I turned the light on in the hallway, and looked into the living room in, in time to see a rocking chair rocking to a stop by itself, mm. and. Yeah, 
uh, and we had a couple of dogs, like I said, and they weren't barking. They weren't in the house. They would have barked if anyone was actually there. So that was in my history for the longest time, and I had that validated actually last summer when I took uh, the other person who was alternating three days on, three days off with me. He had the very same experience. I was very surprised. Huh. So apparently there's something going on there. <laughs> Interesting. You know, I often tell people, I tell people that uh, you dig into the history of just about any lighthouse, you're probably going to mm-hmm. find uh, at least one ghost story in there somewhere, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was just wondering if there are any, anything else memorable. Like, did you have people stop by for visits sometimes? People who maybe just like wanted a tour of the lighthouse or anything like that? Was that something that happened? Surprisingly, no. Um, although we're only a few hundred yards from shore, and there's people fishing all around us on, in their boats, no one would ever stop by. Uh, the only one stopped by was uh, a Coast Guard cutter called the uh, Tow Line out of Bristol, and they'd bring us water and fuel. But uh, no, we never had any visitors. It's kind of strange. I would I would have imagined that people would uh, stop by at all hours and knock on your windows, but I guess for some reason that happened. Yeah, that happened at some lighthouses, but for some reason not not at yours. So you were there when the lighthouse was decommissioned in June 1974, and it was replaced at that time by a automated light on a skeleton tower. And you you actually lowered the flag right when it was decommissioned. I do. I have a picture of that. That's yeah. kind of an honor. Yeah, I believe I, I saw that in a newspaper article, uh, or uh, on the website. I think you have that. Uh, that's one of the pictures you have on the website, right? Uh, the lowering of the yeah. flag. Yeah. So, what did that feel like? What were your emotions like at that time? Trepidation. What, what am I getting into? Where am I going next? Um, kind of a bittersweet moment. I've been out there, like I say, for three years and three months. Uh, met my wife nearby and started to raise a family. So, being that my first Coast Guard duty station, I was very naive about what was going to happen to me. Uh, and I was kind of sad to leave, to tell the truth. Yeah. And you ended up being in the Coast Guard for 25 years. What uh, what else did you do in your Coast Guard career after Palmham Rocks? Oh, quite a variety of things. Uh, from Palmham Rocks, I was assigned to Castle Hill Station in Newport. And... Um, very busy station, towing in boats, uh, actual fires. Uh, we I went through two America's Cup races. The uh, tall ships of 1976, they came in. Uh, I also had a tour in Hawaii, which I was able to go to Guam a couple of times, an American Samoa. Uh, a couple of, uh, three other cutters, one out of Philadelphia, one out of uh, Portland, Maine, one out of Newport, and a few other. Uh, the Coast Guard Academy twice, too, also. That was a very nice tour there. And you mentioned a moment ago you met your wife Shirley, who was she was from uh, the Providence or East Providence area. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, we used to go ashore to do our laundry uh, in a place called Riverside Square, and there's a little the barber shop was there, and a little corner store, and she was living right down the street. So I met her in that area there. Yes. And right. you ended up marrying her, of course. And if we could skip ahead to uh, years later, well, let me just fill in a little bit. What did you do after your Coast Guard time? Interesting story. I hadn't gotten a job yet. It was my very last day in the Coast Guard, and I had interviewed for a company. I didn't know who they were, and um, they gave me a phone call about an hour before I left the Coast Guard Academy, which was my last duty station, and it was Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. So I, 
I was hired at Pfizer just across the river in Groton and worked for another 16 years there. Ah. So that was very Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. And what led to your involvement with the Friends of Palmam Rocks Lighthouse? Well, unfortunately, my wife passed away uh, four, four and a half years ago, and and I'm saying to myself, well, what can I do? Um, what should I do? I started thinking about the lighthouse. That would be a very honorable thing to do if I got involved with them since I had met her there. And uh, I found their website and saw the condition that, that it was in at the time. The interior was in a shambles. And so I sent in uh, an email to them, and uh, I might say the rest is history. I've been with them ever since. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, that's, uh, that's a beautiful tribute to your, your wife, uh, your involvement there. It's turned into much more than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Sure. Well, that's, that's wonderful that you've had sort of two, uh, two, two lifetimes there in a way. That's right. That's great. 46 years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little did you imagine that you'd be be back there so many years later. I understand uh, Joe Estrella uh, was kind of a mentor for you in the group uh, when you joined, and you certainly uh, spent a lot of time, had some adventures with him. You know, uh, I think there was one instance where you uh, drove a long distance with him to what was, remind me what that was about. It was decided to restore the kitchen and the lighthouse in general to the ni- mid-1950s when electricity was first brought out there. And um, as we were nearing the completion of the uh, rena- restoration, I should say, uh, we decided we needed a refrigerator that would reflect the time period. Um, and of all things, we found a 1946 General Electric refrigerator uh, in Connecticut. So he and I loaded up his car, uh, his trailer on his vehicle, and we took a 300-plus mile trip to go get it, and it works just fine. It's still working great. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, yeah I, uh, I spoke down at the uh, East Providence Library not too long ago last year, and, and Joe Estrella was there at that talk. It was good to see him there, and I was so sorry to see that he just uh, passed away. Uh, just, it was just uh, last week, I believe. I was very sorry to see that. Not only a mentor, but a very good friend. We we spent a lot of time together on both trips to the lighthouse and working hours and hours and hours on the lighthouse. Um, I actually kept track of all the trips we ever did out there, and with him and I, 177 trips we did together. Oh, it. Wow, it's a great That's... loss for us and for myself also. Right. At least uh, the lighthouse is not. Uh, it's not like it's ten miles out or anything, but that's an awful lot of trips back and forth. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. So you've uh, been kind of a jack of all trades for the restoration. I know you were very involved with the installation of the electrical system at the lighthouse. Can you tell me a, a bit about that? Yes, uh, the electrical cable was replaced uh, in 2017, and electricity was restored to the lighthouse, but not. It only went to the circuit breaker panel and stopped. And we recognize that when we restore the lighthouse, we're going to need to, to heat the lighthouse so the plaster and such doesn't get damaged by the freezing temperatures again. So what what I did was install five 220-volt uh, outlets to plug in five 4,000-watt uh, heaters. The actual, uh, the rest of the electrical uh, installation, you know, all the outlets and switches was done by a contractor, but they double-checked my work. So that's that's my involvement with the electrical part of it. 
Mm -hmm. And you also restored the kitchen cabinets. That's uh, really amazing. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. Well, fortunately, I had a pickup truck at the time. Um, there are 38 kitchen cabinet doors and eight drawers, um, and they were all a stained color. So we took, I brought them all back home here in, to Richmond and started sanding, and uh, 14 hours later, I finally got them down. We were going to uh, restore them to a stained condition again, but while, while I was sanding it down, I had evidence of them painted, being painted white before. So we decided to paint them white. So my basement was full of an assembly line of 38 doors and, and eight drawers for a, about a month while I continued this project and got it done. Uh, you know, I've been out there some years ago, and it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful lighthouse. I have not been out there since uh, the interior has been restored, but I have seen pictures, and it looks fantastic. Uh, so I, I can't wait to, you know, see it in person. But everything you've done looks looks so beautiful. And you've also been in charge of maintaining the organization's two boats. Can you tell me a bit about that? Sure. We have a, uh, a boat that was donated by the East Providence Fire Department. It's a 16-foot trip angler outboard motor, and we keep that in a, on a trailer in storage area unless we need it. Our primary boat was a 21-foot Crosby diesel launch, and we recently, in fact, two weeks ago, sold that to Rhode Island Yacht Club, and we're anticipating delivery of our new launch uh, anytime now. So I do the annual maintenance on those things because that was my job in the Coast Guard, that kind of work. The restoration of the, that lighthouse has, has been going on for, what, about 15 years now? It started in about 2004, so yes, yes, close, close to it. 16 years, yeah. It's, it's remarkable, really, what's been accomplished, and it's a, I call it a jewel among New England's lighthouses. It's really one of the prettiest lighthouses, and I'll tell you, it's my wife's favorite lighthouse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we uh, walked the bike path, you know, many years ago, and uh, we were just captivated by it. And uh, I've flown over in a helicopter. To me, it, it looks like something, uh, sort of like a doll's house. It's got a really delicate uh, quality to it, and uh, or something that belongs with a miniature train set or something like that. It just, uh, it's just such a beautiful, uh, beautiful station. Yeah, I can't take credit for all of the renovation, of course. I came on board about four years ago. Uh, much, much credit belongs to the organization, the people that raised the money, and uh, the contractors and such. Oh, absolutely. It's been a, a lot of people, but you've been a big part of it in recent years. You've been involved in many aspects, as we've said, but is there anything that stands out for you that's been uh, re especially rewarding on a personal level? The most rewarding thing is returning the interior to the condition it's in now. Because um, I remember it back in 1974 when I left it, and the condition it's in now is actually better than that, uh, believe it or not. I also was honored to set up a Coast Guard era room uh, in our museum situation inside. And I put a mannequin there, and it actually has my uniform from 1974 when I was learning <laughs> the flag. <laughs> so I don't identify it as such. It's just there to represent the Coast Guard era. But uh, I, in, in my mind, I know it's there, and it's kind of a, kind of an honor to do that. Oh, that is perfect. What a great touch. Mm. That's absolutely perfect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what is the status at this point of public access? I know there were plans to have some public tours. Of course, uh, access has been problematic uh, in the past with the Exxon Mobil facility there and everything, but there were some plans to have public access this year, but now 
that's there are problems with that because of the uh, the pandemic uh, currently. So, what is the the status of public tours for this year for 2020? We had gone so far as to uh, establish an account with Fair Harbor, which is a organization that will take our reservations and collect the money and uh, deposit it in our bank and that kind of thing. And we are anticipating uh, being able to do that with the new larger launch we're going to be getting here soon. But everything's on hold due to the pandemic. Uh, we've canceled all our tours through the end of June, and we'll go probably a month-by-month month basis as things develop. And uh, whether or not we should have a tour season this season at all is still in, in question. Yeah, that's true for a lot of a lot of things, obviously, including lighthouse tours all over the place. Most are going month by month or have canceled for the season. So I hope you're able to open somewhat this year. But you I'll, too. We, yeah. we put a lot of time into the lighthouse setting it up as a museum with uh, poster boards and pictures and artifacts. And uh, it's a lot to show. It's a lot to share. Uh, we're looking forward to it. If not this year, certainly next year, I sure hope. And uh, I can't wait to to see you guys running tours, and I can't wait to get out there myself. How can people learn more? What's the best way for people to get more information about your organization and uh, eventually tours? I think the best way would be to access our website, which is palmhamrockslighthouse.org. You can book a tour from that website. You can donate if you wish to. You can become a member. There are many pictures and blueprints to look at, uh, the stories. Uh, It's a very nice website, I believe. And I believe there's a Facebook page also. There is a Facebook page, right? That's right. Yeah. And, of course, the Friends of Palmham Rocks uh, Lighthouse is a chapter of the American Lighthouse Foundation. Uh, There's also uh, some information at lighthousefoundation.org, the American Lighthouse Foundation website. And I have one more question for you for bonus points. All right. Okay. Why do you personally feel it's so important to preserve Palmham Rocks Lighthouse? To not do so would be a, a shame. It illustrates how things were many you know, years ago with the lighthouses along the bay, Narragansett Bay in our case, uh, were the last remaining one in Upper Narragansett Bay for people to see what, was, what shipping traffic counted on and how it worked. Well, Dennis Tardif, I really appreciate you spending this time with me today, and I congratulate you on what you've accomplished, what the organization has accomplished. It really is one of the jewels of New England, uh, one of the maritime jewels of Rhode Island, uh, Narragansett Bay, uh, the Providence River, and uh, the organization has just done phenomenal things. So. Thank you so much for spending this time with me, and I, I hope you're able to do tours this year, but certainly, if not, I uh, look forward to next year. Thank you, Jeremy, for your time. I appreciate it. Our thanks to today's guest, Dennis Tardif. You know, I love it when someone like Dennis, who has a personal connection to the lighthouse from earlier in his life, gets involved with its preservation. It's a great story. This is a shout-out to all the ex-Coast Guard lighthouse keepers out there. We could really use your skills and experience in the lighthouse preservation movement. Thanks, as always, to everyone with the U.S. Lighthouse Society, all the members, staff, and volunteers. To learn more about the Society and everything it has to offer, check out the website at uslhs.org. Also, be sure to check out the social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
thank you to everyone out there who helps in any way to preserve lighthouses or to preserve history of any kind. Anything and everything you do makes a difference and is appreciated. Keep up the good work. We are all on the same team. If you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. And if you enjoy this podcast, please tell your friends and spread the word on social media. And as always, thank you so much for listening and keep a good light. Let it shine, let it shine